0: From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are not all in the same room here as Worthless Servants. This one is a little bit different. Uh, So this episode, I'm going to hand over to Chelsea and she's going to explain a little bit of kind of why this is a different episode.
1: Yeah, so Scott and Emily uh, just got back from home assignment, and we wanted to do a special episode just kind of debriefing that, thinking through, like, what is home assignment? We've done an episode in the past on home assignment. We talked a little bit more detail about that, so go back and find that episode. Um, But this one we wanted to specifically do an episode on because it's a pandemic, this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime kind of deal. Spoiler. Well, let's hope. Let's <laughs> hope it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Um, so we just wanted to touch base on that. And so to start us off, I, I want to hear from you guys just a like a brief explanation of what is home assignment for our new listeners.
0: Yeah. And you won't hear, I, I didn't set Chelsea up very well at all. Actually, this is my fault. What kind of host are you? Um, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, you won't hear Natalie, you won't hear AJ. Uh, so it's just the three of us and we're going to kind of talk through this a little bit, but we thought it'd be a little bit more intimate of a conversation. So uh, M you're great at explaining kind of what home assignment is. Why is it called home assignment? That's kind of a funny <laughs> thing to call it actually. It
2: is a funny thing to call it. Uh, so, Some places or churches or agencies or denominations, depending how you're being sent as a missionary, call it uh, furlough. Other people call it deputation. In the Church of the Nazarene, we call it home assignment. Um, And that was an intentional shift that was made quite a few years ago now um, because we as missionaries are serving as missionaries when we're on the foreign field. But when we go back to our sending churches... So for us, that's the United States. We came from the United States. And we're going back to report. We are also doing missionary work. It's just a different style of missionary work. It's not the same as on the foreign field for us. So that's why it's called home assignment. Typically, we would spend 21 months on the foreign field. So that for us is Mesoamerica. But like if you're from Mesoamerica, it could be that that's your home field, right? And you're going somewhere else for home assignment. And um, then we'll spend three months or like up to 90 days in you're sending country. So for us, again, that's the United States.
0: And for those who aren't aware, Mesoamerica is from Mexico down through Panama um, and then all of the Caribbean.
1: So it's not three months of vacation?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No.
2: Scott hates that question. (laughs) that question, he hates when people (laughs) infer that it is vacation. Yeah,
0: a lot of people do say, oh, you're going back to the States for vacation. Like, especially people on the field, people... In the states, know that that's not what it is, but yeah, people on the field are just confused. Why would you ever need to go back for three months?
1: Yeah. So what what do you do? What, what like what is a typical week look like for you?
2: Oh, why didn't you take that one? What's a typical week look like? Is there a typical week?
0: Well, this last one that we did, uh, literally in three months, we preached I think fifty nine times, um, and. I think- that yeah. means you've counted yeah. them up. Yeah, we preached 59, 59 times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say I think. Um, so we did. We, I mean, honestly, there were times, uh, probably around, we did uh, district tours. Those are the probably the ones where there is more of a, a steady schedule. And so we went uh, from literally a church in the usually in the evening. Sometimes they'll have a. Um, an activity in the, during the day, but in the evening, during a week weeknight or something like that, and we'll speak, and sometimes those can be um, a cookout, and that can be a traditional service, and sometimes we've, we've gone to minor league baseball games, and we've done uh, kids' uh, vacation Bible schools, and we've done, it, we do whatever they need us to do. But then the next day, uh, we're either in a hotel that night or at someone's house. And then the next day, we get up and we'll travel. Sometimes that's an hour. Sometimes that's three or four or five hours. And we'll go to the next place and do it all again the next night. And um, uh, sure, there are times uh, we strategically plan out close to our family where at least when we go back, we don't have to be in a hotel or some, somewhere else. We can actually you know, be with our family. And that allows us to have some time with, with extended family as well.
1: Nice. So basically what you're saying is there's no typical, typical week. <laughs> it's, it's a little crazy
0: and it is hard to find. Like as a family, like we were traveling, some mayb- maybe don't know, but we have uh, children, <laughs> I say children, but they're young people. Teenagers, yeah, 18 <laughs> years old and 16 years old. And so, I mean, they didn't get to sleep in an, as a typical teenager would during summer break. Yeah. Uh, there were times that they were able to and other times they just weren't.
1: So speaking of your kids, your teenagers, um, what what is home assignment like for them?
2: Yeah, it's actually been interesting to see home assi- assignment evolve for them as we've been doing this. Um, when they were little, we used to sing together as a family, and that seems like forever ago. Scott and I really enjoy singing. That's maybe something that people don't know about. But us. you're saying I in, in, know the, know service, you're in saying, the service. In the service, yeah. 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 I, I, I was wondered, getting
0: to that. <laughs> I wondered if people were just like, we just just decided to sing in the car and just no. sing. And, you know. We would always
2: um, offer to a church that if they wanted to have us do a song like a, um, a song in Spanish usually because we were going back to the U.S. church and so that was something cultural that they could hear a different language and I can tell you one of the biggest reasons why we don't sing anymore is not because we don't enjoy it but uh, very few U.S. churches use any kind of like soundtracks or anything anymore and we don't play instruments and so if we can't bring our piano with us or a guitar and our kids (laughs) did not learn that either. So, so we don't really do that anymore, but, um, they both help us uh, definitely with like PowerPoint presentation, which is um, like unsung glory, right? Of we had a few churches that somebody would do it, you know, that's a part of their media team or something like that. And it's really hard to follow a message that you've never heard before, right. especially the way that we do our presentations. It's just really heavy on pictures, not on text. So, like, they never knew. And so Elijah or Sydney would help advance the presentation. And it was funny to hear them kind of break down some of the places where they weren't adv- advancing the presentation, they'd be like, oh, that was terrible. Like they <laughs> totally blew the surprise on that one because they showed a picture, you know, because we tried to tell a story and like have some build-up, or, and, uh, the other thing that we've seen them highly involved in is, um a lot of the churches now wanted to hear their perspective on like what they do for school. And now that Elijah and Sydney are both in the college search, like, what are you going to do next? And are you going to stay living at home? Or are you going to go away? And uh, so a lot of churches over this past summer uh, gave us a time of like question and answer. And they're used to answering the questions about school, but it was really cool to hear them start to answer some of the cultural questions this time. So some of the things that like we would talk about, because they would ask Elijah like do you drive you know he's 18 and he still doesn't drive here because of the cultural influences here in the DR and uh, so he would give his perspective which is totally different than like if Scott and I were to give that so it was really cool to see them a part of services when when they were doing questions and answers
1: nice did um did you guys do any fun to keep them engaged with your message
0: Ooh, uh, I don't know if you know the story behind this, but maybe you do. Um,
2: (laughs) Yes. You're going to pull back the curtain. I will, (laughs) I will. um,
0: About, I think it was more than 10 years ago, I decided, now they were, I mean, think about that. They were eight and six at that point. And I said, you know, they would just get bored. There was one time Emily literally was saying, (laughs) and our children are on the front row, like at the start of our message. And she just said, and they're butting heads with each other. Shout as out to Shelbyville speak. first
2: in Indiana because I totally still remember you the still church remember. we were with.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I looked down and like we do tag team, we go back and forth, right? Uh, on our preaching. And so uh, I looked down and they are just slamming into each other on the front <laughs> pew. And I'm just like, this isn't good. And I have no clue what And some wonderful person, w- wonderful lady came They're like up six and, and eight. Yeah, six and eight, <laughs> they right? weren't old, So yeah. it was around that time, Chelsea, <laughs> that I said, we have got to keep them engaged somehow, some way. So part of that was developing like ways that they could still help us, even if it was PowerPoint or even if it was something else. But there was one thing I did that was like, we call it kind of the challenge, right? And they can, Deve- they can uh, think of one word that I have to fit in to the sermon uh, at any point, however I can f- figure out where to put it in. and they tell that to me like right before the service starts. Now they've been getting this time, I think they were getting really tricky on this because oh, no. they would not give it to me before the service started. Mm-mm. started. They would give it to me right as we're walking up or like about to walk <laughs> up. So that didn't give me the time to think ahead of time, you know and all this stuff. But it and they ca-
2: started to to say, you can't use it in this space. Like they would oh. start to think, how's he going to use it? And then they would say, okay, so here's another rule. You can't use it in this area of the story.
0: So, so literally, I am going to look up. I have, uh, I have some of the ones. Scott's <laughs>
1: bringing out a list out of his Bible. Now,
0: yeah. we, ba- 10 years ago, remember, they're eight and they're six. So they just thought it was hilarious if they could use, and I always told them it has to be, somewhat appropriate, you know? <laughs> and, uh, somewhat being yeah. the word. Yeah, because they're kids and they just think the whole point of this is to be inappropriate, right? And so they would give me stuff like, Robin Hood and boogers and, and I'd cream. have to, and what? Zit cream. Zit cream was one. <laughs> Zit cream. How do you fit that into your mission sermon, right?
2: Yeah, like it's a sermon we're preaching. Yeah,
0: and I did. So, but this time, li- <laughs> look how it has changed. They would start looking up stuff that was either technical or ridiculous. So these, I am going to crack up as I read these. These were many of the ones, okay? So I had to fit into a sermon, Fliberty Gibbet. <laughs> Muckbang. Which you can look these up, folks. I'm not gonna explain everything. They're all real words. Yeah, they're all real words. Parliament, jump rope, nectar, photosynthesis. That one I'll just pause on because we were in a place where we were translating ourselves. And I went into this whole thing about how In uh, Spanish. In, in in Spanish, yeah, and Emily was translating into English, right? And we know our sermon. So so clearly she was like ready to, you know, okay, she's just going and I know where we're going with this. All of a sudden, I just decided to go into this thing on photosynthesis and how just like a plant is transforming the light <laughs> into nutrients, God also, trans- and she just at the very end of that was like, you're going to have to translate yourself on that one, <laughs> and, I, and I actually did. So
2: because he had like five or six sentences in a row, and yeah. I was like, yeah, you just do whatever you need yeah, to do Yeah, you just then. do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. So some other ones, I mean, Squidward. Uh, <laughs> Mitochondrian Meerkat <laughs> Bulbous <laughs> Bulbous so- Corgi racing <laughs> That was Yes awesome. <laughs> Corgi racing Beanie weenies <laughs> It's so hilarious As I'm reading this I'm like Oh And one of the final ones Was Pumper pumpernickel. <laughs> pumpernickel
1: Have you ever failed? Have you ever not Completed the challenge?
0: I'm glad to say Right here On live podcast Right here Never. Never have I ever. But he
2: almost (laughs) forgot one. Oh yes. And it was when he was was literally doing the call that he worked it in. And we don't have to tell that whole story. It's a funny story. But um we thought for sure we had gotten him right. We were like, Oh, he he's forgotten the word and then at the very I was and I was standing there thinking he's not gonna work it in. We're at the call. Super serious point and he totally worked it in. So okay, so
0: we'll (laughs) leave that. That's a good point. For a we'll, story we'll leave time. that for a story time. Nice. I have to tell Take that story. Take a note story. of that. It's yeah. a good
2: story. Yeah.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> so bringing us a little bit more serious, what was home assignment like this time versus in the past with COVID-19? Mm-hmm.
2: I think um, one of the hardest parts of doing home assignment during COVID-19 is in the United States, there's still such a division on like wearing masks Or not wearing masks. And so there were multiple um, occasions that we would be with the church and they would have like a potluck put together. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you might be masked in the service part where you're kind of s- s- distanced and you're sitting there and um, and then they have a potluck afterwards or a social. And it's like, well, we were just masked for the first hour, but now we're all sitting down and we're taking off masks and eating together. So I think even in our own family, we were constantly and it was like Exhausting sometimes, of like every time we got out of the car, it was like, should we wear masks here? Should we not wear masks? And you don't want to step on people's toes, but at the same time, you have like the way that you want to do life too. And so that was constantly a conversation that never ended. Mm -hmm. It was constant navigation of the same conversation over and over and over again. And it really depended on each church as to what we could encounter. So we didn't know what we were going to encounter until the minute that we were there with them. And you had to turn on a dime every single time. So that was difficult. Yeah, because
0: Emily does a really good job at asking questions beforehand, communicating beforehand. I know you do that as well, Chelsea, uh, when you go on home assignment. But, um, you know, it's one thing for a pastor to be like, no, man, I mean, you can you can use masks if you feel like it. And you can. well, that wasn't really our question. Like, I mean, are we? I mean, what would you prefer? And maybe the pastor really doesn't care, but you can tell some of the other people kind of did care I, I, in both ways. I yeah. mean, some people were like, man, it's really important that you wear a mask, you know? And other people were like, like literally came up to us and like, why are you in a mask? You know, yeah. and you we would tell have to tell wear that them. here.
2: Or they would assume that we didn't want to wear it. And we were just wearing it out of obligation. Yeah. They're like, you don't have to wear that here. Yeah. It's like, well, we want to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But, but again, like I really felt, like that gave us an opportunity to just kind of uh, diffuse maybe what has been a difficult year and a difficult um, topic, you know? And so, you know, we just kind of used that as an opportunity to say, we are really traveling around a lot of different places and it's to protect you guys, you know, Um, we're fully vaccinated and everything. And, but we don't. We would hate to, to to see that just because we were in a church last night and who right. knew, but somebody had it, and then now we're with you this night, and that's the reason we're doing it. You know, and I think people understand that. People appreciated that, even if maybe we literally were the only ones with a mask in the congregation.
1: Did COVID influence your message that you shared your your preaching?
0: Ooh, yes, uh, and and really, and maybe you can share because. <laughs> Though we shared we shared two primary messages, we we varied a little bit, uh, but there was really one message that we felt God had called us to preach. And M, um, I mean, there were times even in the very final service when you, um, when you got choked up. You know, <laughs> People, listeners of this podcast know that that's not a rarity. <laughs> but after fifty nine
2: uh, times yeah, of the same message, yeah. But yeah. you would think, oh
0: man, this same message is going to just become you know, wrote and, and, you know, but you were still touched by what we were, what we were sharing. And, and, and that goes to what Chelsea was asking.
2: Yeah. I, um, very strongly remember that probably around February or March of this, uh, uh, I would say this year, but to make it a little bit more evergreen of 2021, uh, we recorded a podcast actually on Isaiah 61 And as we were breaking down that passage, like the Lord just really was constantly and consistently talking to me about uh, the beauty for ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning. And as we were looking at all of that, I consistently came back to, in April, I remember telling Scott, I said, I feel like... What we need to do is be a voice of the global church in the United States, because by May, the United States had started like moving on because vaccines had been um, very available because people were, you know, their numbers were going down. Hospitals were starting to not feel the push anymore. They were opened up and and we just felt like in our countries we were still feeling we were in the midst of covid and we were still feeling the the people that were sick and dying and and we just thought you know who knows how many global voices they're hearing and as we really prayed about it and thought about it we just felt god saying you know this during this season allow even the U.S. church to lament with the global church because even if this isn't the space that they're in currently, so many of us still are. And um, so we spent about 10 minutes of a 25-minute message in lament and that was really hard, like to do that all summer was was very, like I even get emotional now, it was very difficult because like every time we talked about the difficult nature of what it's been to be literally living through a global pandemic, not just as missionaries, because we didn't even really tell our story. We always tell other people's stories, but just the, the difficult nature, but being able to follow it up with how we have seen God's beauty in the middle of ashes and how we have seen joy come out of it and how we have been able to see what God is doing, that, um, it's a message that, I think is evergreen, (laughs) you know, I think it's something that's constantly going to be speaking to us. And yeah, the message was very different. In fact, even when we train missionaries, we typically say, you know, try to not dwell too much on like the difficult nature of missionary work, but we were very intentional about letting people live with us in the difficult nature of, of being a cross-cultural missionary during the past year and a half.
1: So when you guys are normally forming a message for home assignment, what what does that normally look like for you? So like this time is a little bit different. The message is more, like you said, this beauty from ashes. But normally what are you trying to convey during a home assignment?
0: We're very passionate about this, and thank you actually for asking this because if you have one shot with a church, these are people, I mean there were people that were coming out on a Tuesday night to hear us. I mean, they could have been doing anything and they, you know, and and they decided to come to a potluck and hear some missionaries, you know, and they gave an offering and they prayed for us. And if you, if people are going to give of their time and you have one shot, like inspire the people. And so what we do is we think of Lord, how have you been at work? And it, it requires missionaries. We have to be really, um, we, we have to have open eyes. We have to be perceptive and discerning to say, ah, this is how the Lord has been at work in the last two years. That's more difficult than you would think, not because the Lord hasn't been at work, but because when you're in the, you know, in the trenches, sometimes you don't see the stories and you just don't think, man, five years ago, that guy, you know, was was nothing, didn't know the Lord, was, and, and now look how he's transformed. Yeah. Five years ago, that that young person, expressed a missions call, but it's been a long, a long time. And, and now they're actually out making a difference in Quetzaltenango or in Monterey. And as part of Genesis, you know, which is one of our, our ministries, you know, and, and so, uh, it, we really have to take a step back and we do that about a month before we go on home assignment. And together we start just jotting down and, and, and brainstorming. And, and then we, we, Prayerfully, we, we say, Lord, okay, what would you have? What would you guide us to? And and He usually usually guides us to one, two, maybe three stories. We can never do more than about three stories within one sermon, uh, but we try to then sculpt it in a way that is not just, okay, so here's this one person story and it resolves, and then here's this next person's story, and then it resolves. Like we really tried to show the desperation in each story and the, wait, what is God doing? And then we kind of left it there, lamented, you know, with that person that was experiencing loss, experiencing waiting period, you know. And then we would start to resolve later one by one and show, ah, God's been at work in this. Mm
1: -hmm. Is there any, anyone that comes to mind over the last three months that you guys were on home assignment this year specifically that like, you guys coming offered them an opportunity to respond to God or in a different way or in a new way?
2: Mm. I can uh, think real specifically about an event that we did in Kansas actually Kansas district is our links district for another year and the NMI president the district president there her name is Kelly Love she just is very intentional about helping people know what missions is and if you're called like we can help walk with you in that and so when she knew that we were coming she asked she put together like a four-hour event that we called navigate and it was literally for people that were felt God had called them to missions and were just truly looking for. What's the next step and that how can? That is so cool. Yeah, it was amazing, and it honestly, it was the first time that we've ever done anything like that. I think
0: I, I, it was. It, we do that, we do similar things here. Because yeah. that's kind of our that's job. Our job. Right? Right. But that was the first time on home assignment that they're like, could you talk to people that are <laughs> experiencing a mission That's <laughs> So cool. Yeah.
1: We, we, Such we, a good we, use of resources. And,
0: and of course, we were like, this is a lot better than the yeah. normal. Just go and just do your spiel thing. I mean, spending four hours with them, eating lunch with them.
2: Yeah. And there was um, a pastor that was there that, interestingly enough, dovetailing into the COVID year, right? Like we had to cancel our service with his congregation because we had been exposed to COVID Mm -hmm. in a previous service. We didn't feel bad, didn't have any symptoms, didn't have any reason to, you know, get tested or anything. But we had told him, hey, we've been exposed. What do you want to do? And he said, well, most of my congregation is an elderly congregation. So let's do a, a virtual service, which we did. And Scott always likes to say that, He's a pastor in a town of like 200 people, about 200 people, and there were 30 people in that service, so he was like, we had a high percentage of the whole town in our service.
0: <laughs> it's really impressive, a Nazarene church yeah. in a town of 200 that gets 30 on a Thursday night.
2: Because they all still met together, and they just like pulled our video feed in, but I say all of that to say we didn't get to meet him really that long. We sat and had a meal with him before, but then he was at that Navigate. He was at that specific thing, and I... I just think about how the Lord allowed our paths to cross, and He was somebody that we wouldn't have had contact with most likely in any other way. But to see the gifting that God has given him and the passion of the passion that He has, like to be in a town of two hundred, and I can tell you, for Scott and I, uh, we're city people, right? Like we love big cities, and so sometimes it's cross-cultural for us to go to small-town USA. And the passion he had to like know everybody in his town and to support his local business and to be the church that was welcoming. It was like, you have gifting of missionary gifting and you're putting it to work right here in this small space. Like it immediately brought to my mind of like what, what Jesus says of, you know, when you've got little, then I'll bless you with more responsibility, yeah. you know? And so
1: what a good he was
2: that pastor James, if you're listening, I know you might be because we talked to you about this podcast, but yeah, I think about pastor James in Sylvia, yeah. Kansas. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Well, um, for my last question, if I am headed on home assignment soon, um, I know that we have people who listen to this podcast that maybe are going on home assignment for the very first time. So what is an, some advice that you would offer a missionary that's headed on home assignment? How can they do it well?
0: There's a lot. We, we actually even give workshops on this for our, our missionaries that we're training, you know, and, and uh, a few things very quickly would be, uh, clearly home assignment, let's not deny it. It is to raise some funds. Uh, you know, that's one key thing, but that is not the only thing. Um, the church in Nazarene, along with other evangelical churches did a, uh, a survey one time of missionaries. I think this was a good 20 years ago now. Uh, but they did a survey and they said, where did you experience your missions call? So all these missionaries from different Christian churches and, um, Number one was not camp or those are important. And many people said, yes, you know, uh, 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 youth Congress or uh, at home doing my devotions or, you know, or whatever. Um, Number one was in a service where another missionary was speaking. That was number one. And so we really believe like we are to go back and share what God is doing overseas, but we are to inspire and to call. We pray, we pray beforehand, that the Lord would call more people, more workers for his harvest field. And then we're like on the lookout. We're like at the window trying to find, okay, who might they be? And we, sometimes, you know, you try to perceive and maybe hear someone's testimony or as you're having dinner with somebody or whatever, and, and you encourage those people. And I think this time, honestly, if someone is preparing for a home assignment, one thing for us was just encouraging pastors and encouraging people. This has been a tough year and on home assignment, yeah, there are times where we had to recognize, man, being with that pastor at that time was perfect for us. Like, so encouraging. She encouraged us. He encouraged us. Uh, they gave our kids gifts and prayed. Like, how powerful to, to surround you and pray for you, you know? Um, but also there were many times where it was our turn. It was our turn to, to encourage. And so sometimes, I would even say, you're on home assignment, but the official time is when you're like with the church and you're in the service and you're, you know, but there you're on home assignment and there are times to minister when you're at a restaurant, when you're at the gas station, when you're on the road, it actually is a wonderful time. Keep your eyes open because um, sure we could train in like how to do home assignment. And we have some of that, like uh, you know, how to set it up and communicate and do different things. But, I think those are what come to mind.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that I would add is, especially when you're on home assignment during a global pandemic, uh, communication is so important. And um, just even little things that are not meta, but like put an autoresponder on your email so that people have a phone number to contact you if you're not checking your email. Because when you're traveling that much, you might, I literally can think of three times that I got an email from somebody saying we need to cancel services because there's been a COVID exposure or something like that. And if it had only been an email, I might not have had it, but because I had, if you're a church, then send me a text to this, that I was, you know, able to be in contact with them more frequently. So like, that's just a a logistical piece of being open with people, helping people to understand that like there's no topic that's off limits. I think that's something very missionary as well, you know, to try and create this open space in something that is so divisive nowadays, regardless of where you're at. It doesn't matter what country, like when you talk about COVID, it's going to bring up feelings or anything, you know, but uh, as a missionary to just keep yourself open to conversation and not judgmental and keep the, um, truly the love of Jesus Christ and what we're doing as the church is like the center, even of home assignment, uh, super important during these days. And I think people feel that I think people feel your confidence in, in loving answers and in good communication, because there's some people that are like, I don't know what to say or how to approach. I remember one person, uh, was like, I don't know how you feel about like, if somebody has been exposed or whatever. And like they were walking on eggshells, right? <laughs> no, it's like, it's okay. Like, let's figure this out. You know, in the minute I Said, it's okay. Let's figure it out. They were like, "Oh, thank you," you know. And so I think just some of those things we need to be more intentional with as missionaries during this time.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I always love hearing your home assignment stories. <laughs> I didn't ask you about the weirdest place you stayed, although that's a good story. Um, <laughs> we won't. We won't
2: share that one. That's on the for podcast. the secret book that's being written.
0: <laughs> exactly. We know there are certain stories that cannot be told over the airwaves. <laughs>
2: But it's good. Uh, Thank you.
1: And um, I pray that as all missionaries go on home assignment, as in the future, past pandemic, hopefully, um, but even in the midst of this, that the the local church can receive a message of the global denomination, which is so encouraging and so cool to know that we are part of. So thanks for sharing that message. Thanks, Chelsea.
0: Thanks. Yeah. And if uh, just kind of a promo here, if people would like to get a hold of us, they can continue to see on the Facebook page, the Worthless Servants podcast. And then uh, Mesoamericagenesis.org is another great place to find episodes, but also to find out about our ministry. Um, not our family as much, although you can you can email us and we can tell you more where to get more information on that.
2: I didn't want to forget, we want to use this platform to let you know that there are missionaries that are finishing a Genesis assignment Mm, very soon, and some of them might be in your district or in your country, and they would love to have an invitation from you, whether to come and be with your church in person, or the one thing that I appreciate about the past year and a half is we have figured out how to do virtual services. So true. And there are six missionaries that would love to share with you what God's been doing. And I can tell you church planting in the city, in the middle of a global pandemic is a story you want to hear. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be in contact with any of those missionaries, we'd love to give you that contact information as well. Very cool. Well, thank you. We are the Worthless Servants. I'm Chelsea Fry,
0: And I'm Scott Armstrong.
2: And I'm Emily Armstrong.
0: And we'll talk with you next time. (laughs) For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.